Well, welcome back to another edition of the Boilers Extra Podcast. And as uh, I typically do from these nine o'clock starts, um, I wait till uh, the next day because uh, the everything going on. It's late. I'm tired. Uh, I just feel it's better to do it the next day. Uh, driving back. Uh, to, to Lafayette uh, so we'll, we'll get this up um, sometime on on Wednesday to recap what happened uh, Tuesday, you know what happened Tuesday, Purdue lost uh, another game another last second game, last, last second shot situation uh, fourth one it, you know, the, the IU game was 16 seconds when Robert Fennessy hit it uh, the other three were basically buzzer beaters uh, to knock Purdue out, and that's what happened last night. Purdue got knocked out. They can't win the Big Ten now. Uh, they're probably headed for the number three seed uh, in the Big Ten tournament. They're probably going to finish third. And I just quickly glanced at the standings last night, and uh, Ohio State's loss to Nebraska puts them at 11 and 7. Uh, Iowa is at 11 and 7. Purdue is at 13 and 6. And even if Purdue would lose to Indiana and fall to 13 and 7 and Iowa and Ohio State finish 13 and 7, uh, Purdue would win that tiebreaker with those teams because they're 3 and 0 uh, against those two teams are 2-0 against Iowa, 1-0 against Ohio State. So I don't believe Purdue can fall any farther than third. They can still get the number two seed uh, if Illinois would lose a game either to Penn State or Iowa and Purdue beat Indiana. Uh, But they can't win the championship. Uh, That was a stated goal uh, for this team at the beginning of the year. They talked about it. They openly talked about it. You know, all Big Ten teams openly talk about it. Uh, but with the experience that they had, with what was coming back, uh, what was coming in, you know, the development of certain players, uh, this is uh, this is a clear disappointment uh, that Purdue did not win the Big Ten this year. Um, and I know a lot of people have said, well, the preseason hype wasn't right. Uh, you know, they got it all wrong. You know, Purdue's a very talented team. There, I don't think there's any question about that. But they continue to hurt themselves in a lot of areas each game. For example, Saturday was the turnovers. Uh, and then Tuesday it was in part free throws uh, and missed layups. Not yet. And again, no one goes out there with the idea of, oh, I'm going to miss some free throws today. But, you know, what happens in the first half when you miss five free throws and you miss six layups you're leaving points off the scoreboard. No one expects anybody to be perfect from the free throw line. No one expects anybody to hit every single layup. You're going to miss dunks. Wisconsin missed, I think, two last night. One that I really know of. They probably missed another one. I mean, stuff like that happens. And again, no one one expects perfection. But when you do those things in the first half and you dig yourself a little bit of hole or you can't extend the lead because uh, you're, you're three of eight from the line 
and you mix you miss six layups, those things add up and put you in a position in the second half to to allow a team to beat you on a last second shot. And you know the game played out the way it played out, and I'm a I'm a big believer in things happen for a reason, and that's the way the game was played out. It doesn't mean that Purdue would have hit three more free throws and hit three more layups that it would not have come down to a last second shot. But my point is that Purdue has found a way here throughout parts of the season to really put themselves in a hole by their own doing. Not really what the other team is doing. It's their own, you know, they found the self-destruction button and they keep hitting it over and over again. Um, and there, again, it's not a intentional thing. It's it, it's happening, and you you have to play through those things. Um, I mean, Jay Davy was 0 for 4 from the free throw line in the first half. I mean, it's, it's the same guy that hit 15 of 18 against Maryland. So you know, again, stuff happens in basketball. It's a volatile sport. Uh, there are a lot of emotional swings. One play can, can turn a game, turn a run. But, you know, Purdue Purdue has to stop beating Purdue. And, I, you know, I don't know if it was necessary, necessarily that was the case Tuesday night that Purdue beat Purdue, but Purdue didn't help Purdue by missing the free throws and missing the layups and, and things like that. You know, Purdue only had 10 turnovers, which is a good number for them. But Wisconsin had um, six and only one in the second half after having five in the first half. This is a team that only turns it over eight times a game. Uh, so, you know, while Purdue didn't necessarily beat Purdue Tuesday night, Purdue didn't help Purdue, and they they have to stop. They have to start helping themselves. And you're, you're running out of games to help yourself. I mean, in reality, Purdue has three more guaranteed games on its schedule. Saturday against IU, first round or first game in the Big Ten tournament, and then first game in the NCAA tournament. That's it. That's all they. That's a, That's all they have guaranteed. And if they don't start helping themselves in games, then it will be three games because they will get knocked out. They will get. They will suffer losses. And we, we've seen this team when it does help itself. We've seen this team at its at its best when uh, they don't turn the ball over. We've seen this team play well when it hits its free throws. You know, we've seen this team play well when it gets a three point game going. We've seen this team play well when it when it plays through its post. Um, we've seen this team play well when when Jaden Ivey is a factor and he's playing under control and composure and uh, playing off two feet, two feet. I thought in the first half Purdue passed up some shots that they normally would take. They would, you know, they're just trying, you know, find the, the, the right pass or the right play and get it in the right guy's hands. I don't know. You know, we didn't really ask them about it last night. Uh, but there was also a couple times where, where Jaden Ivey got in the paint just under the free throw line and he passed it out. He's got to take that shot. He's got to take that shot. And that's the counter to what happened at Michigan State, where he got in the lane, he got too deep, he was trying to dump it off to, uh, you know, Zach Eady or Travion, and 
know, Michigan State walled him up, and, you know, that's where some of the turnovers came. But last night, you know, they were playing him to drive, but a couple times he just kind of pulled up, again, right underneath the free throw line. One time he shot it, I think another time he passed it out, but he's got to he's got to take that shot. That's that's a shot he can hit consistently, and it just you know it didn't happen. But you know we're what what are we thirty games into the season, um, and those things are you know are you know those things you know you have to you have to take advantage of of those things. But you know Ivy is the reason Purdue got back in the game. Uh, he was more aggressive uh, in the second half. Uh, him and Zach Eady scored Purdue's last 28 points, which you know, I, you know, those two carried Purdue back into the game and gave them a chance to potentially win it. But Purdue's at its best when everybody's contributing, and they're not really getting that right now from its bench from certain starters. You know, Mason Gillis has been in serious foul trouble the last two games, and I I firmly believe that's a reason why Purdue has struggled. He's been such a, you know, an X factor for this team this year. His ability to hit threes, his ability to rebound, uh, his ability to take charges, um, that when he's not on the floor for his normal minutes... I, I believe it affects this team. Um, and, you know, Caleb First will be a fine player at Purdue, and he got off to a great start this season, but he's not he's not pushed forward enough to, to really help them in these kind of games. You know, Purdue, you know, Painter has used Ethan Morton at the four. I mean, he's a guy that doesn't turn the ball over, but he's also not going to give you um, a lot of, point production. You know, he's good for one or two three-pointers a game. I think he missed his only attempt uh, Tuesday night. But they need Mason Gillis on the floor. They need Mason Gillis doing what Mason Gillis does best. Hit hit some threes. He had a great dunk last night. And then playing some defense. Uh, You know, you you probably need to get 10 to 12 points out of him. Um, And that's not happening in part because of the foul trouble. Uh, he's been he's picked up two fouls in the first half. You know he he had four fouls early in the second half. Um, but you know the bench, you know a strength of Purdue, you know hasn't been producing the kind of points it's it's uh, it did earlier in the year. Um, and all these you know and you know I, I wrote this earlier in the year, despite its talent, despite you know a potential NBA lottery pick with Jaden Ivey and. Uh, you know, and the two bigs, and all the talent they have on the team, Purdue still has a very slim margin for error, and that has that has turned out to be extremely true. Be, they have a slim margin for error because they have turnover problems. They have a slim margin of error because they miss free throws. You know, in the two Wisconsin games that they lost, they missed a combined 18 free throws. Again, not expecting them to be perfect because nobody is. You know, 
if you just miss nine of the two games, you win both games, or you're in a position maybe to win both games. Um, but those are the things that cost you games when you miss 18 free throws in two of them, and both those games were decided by a combined uh, eight points. So, you know, Painter says sometimes it's a lack of concentration, uh, which I would agree with at times, but, uh, you know, it's, you know, you're always searching for answers when things like this happen. Um, But, you know, in this case, you do have to credit Wisconsin because they had guys step up, not named Johnny Davis. Uh, Tyler Wall was terrific for them. 19 points and 5 steals. Chucky Hepburn, who had the game winner, uh, he was he was solid most of the game for them. Got him, got him back into it when Purdue got up 7, and then obviously hit the game-winning banked 3-pointer. I mean, Wisconsin's last two shots were banked shots. They were desperation shots. They were shots you just... They were so far off that it had to hit. It had to hit the backboard to go in. And you know, Purdue has lived in that neighborhood in their in four of their losses, where you know they've been forced to hit. The other team has been allowed to to get the last shot, and they they've delivered. Know, you give you know you got to give the other team credit for making those shots and making those plays. You know Purdue has has done it. Jaden Ivey, Jaden Ivey's three point play near the end of the Maryland game put him ahead for good. And of course he hit the three pointer against Ohio State that won the game. So things I wouldn't say they've completely evened out, but I think you have to keep in mind that Purdue has won a couple games that way. But the lo- these losses do do sting, you know, to a different level. You know, last night's loss definitely stings because of what was at stake. Um, but the thing of it is, it didn't end Purdue season. Uh, and if this doesn't, the disappointment of not winning the Big Ten, you know, if. if Purdue's the only one that can fix what's happening to to it. There's there's no one there's no one else that can fix it. Purdue has to fix it itself, and and that's going to be the big question. Can it can he get in a tournament game and not turn the ball over? Can he get in a tournament game and hit a respectable percentage of their free throws? Um, can they get in a tournament game and execute to the point where? You know, their offense is, is flowing the way it should. You know, Travion did not have a good game last night uh, offensively. He, he struggled uh, to, to find the find the basket, I think two of eight. Uh, you know, that's, that's not what he normally does. Uh, and there were, you know, a lot of players did not play to the level that we're accustomed to see him, seeing them play. Uh, and that obviously played a role. I thought Purdue, for the most part, played better defensively than what we saw. I think Eric Hunter was really in tune defensively with Johnny Davis when he was guarding him. And 
Johnny Davis did get some points in the second half. He did take over for a stretch there uh, as Wisconsin built an 11-point lead. But I thought Eric Hunter was pretty solid on him. Uh, Purdue does a lot of switching, so it's not just Eric Hunter. But I thought I thought he did a really good job in trying to, to slow him down. I think he still ended up with 16 points, but... You know he didn't he didn't get 37, and you could tell he was trying to take over the game there. He was trying to uh, he was trying to do it there in the second half. He was trying to put the team on his back and do it. Uh, and Jaden Ivey did the same thing. Jaden Ivey put the team on his back and almost almost pulled it out uh, because you know he hit that three to tie it. After Brad Davidson, who rarely misses free throws, missed the free throw. But you know, Jaden Ivey was 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 uh, you know he had a, he had a special probably last 12 minutes of the game and nearly helped Purdue pull it out. You know, the one thing Purdue would like to do in these situations go to overtime. You know, the, just go to overtime. You know, <laughs> you know these last second shots. You know the games. The games have been other than the uh, Rutgers game. The other three were were tied. So Purdue was just like hoping to. Uh, yeah. I, well, was any any game tied when Tennessee hit the shot? I can't remember exactly. But the Michigan State and the Wisconsin games were tied. But Purdue just liked to play in overtime, just because that that way they didn't get beaten regulation by a last second shot. Uh, they would take an overtime period. So it's something crazy that, you know, I can't remember seeing in my years of, of covering athletics, covering sports, covering teams, that this thing keeps happening to them. Um, but again, when things keep happening to you like that, you're, 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 the, you're the one that has to stop it. You're the one that has to stop it. You know, you credit the other team for making plays, but, you know, those two bank shots... You know, there's you're living right. Um, Purdue has you know Purdue hasn't caught those kind of breaks again with Maryland and Ohio State games. They were able to to pull those out at the end. You know, Jaden Ivey made plays there, but for Purdue to suffer the the losses that it it has is is kind of bizarre. And one would think that it would harden this team up. It would toughen this team up. Um, but I'm not sure that has happened, and and we'll see if it happens because you know you need Purdue needs a a really good performance Saturday just to feel better about itself. You know it's Indiana. You know Indiana's already beaten Purdue. Uh, there's not going to be a lot of, at stake for Purdue because I, I do think they're locked in the number three seed. Or they're at least locked into the number three seed. They could move up to number two. But you can't win a Big Ten title. You know, you need you need a little bit of confidence and momentum going into the Big Ten tournament and and the NCAA tournament. And there'd be nothing better for Purdue than to put its foot down on its rival and go into the postseason that way. 
So we'll see what happens. There was a question I got DM'd on Twitter overnight. Uh, Matt Painter was asked in the post-game press conference about Zach Eady, and you know he said he was a stud. He has the right attitude. Uh, he works on things. You know he takes coaching, and that's been Matt Painter for you know, or that's been Zach Eady for ever since he got here. And the question that was asked was, you know, was Painter in an indirect way or direct way uh, referring to other players who don't have that attitude? You know, I think there are probably some players on this team that don't take the coaching as much as they should or teaching. Um, And not that they know it all, but there are probably some that don't. I mean, you have that with every team. Um, would Painter like a team of Zach Eadies that everything you tell them they go out and work on and they improve on? Sure. You want everyone to be receptive to to coaching and making improvements and adjustments and stuff like that, but that, that just doesn't happen. Um, but, you know, everything I've heard about this team, they, they do take to coaching and they do try to improve they do watch film they, they do all the things that is asked of them uh, it may not look like it at times but you know I, I do think based on what I've heard and what I know that they they are receptive to that and they're trying to, to to get better and be better um, there, there, I, I do believe there's there, there's a lot of pride on this team um, that pride has been wounded a little bit. Um, and again, it's going to be up to Purdue to fix that and try to try now to find, find a way to win a, another championship. You know, they got two opportunities left. One will require winning three games in three days. The other one would require winning six games over three weeks. And... And, you know, I, I do think they're capable. I wouldn't I would put Purdue in the Final Four right now. They have a lot of work to do. They still have room, they have, still have some room for improvement. They still have to clean up a lot of areas. But college basketball is just a weird sport where and I know people have already counted out Purdue as far as a as a Final Four contender. People have counted out Purdue even making it to the second weekend. And I get it, and I see it. I, it's hard for me to disagree with you if that's, if that's how you feel. But college basketball is so weird that you could take a team like Purdue, and there are other teams in the country that are in similar situations where, you know, they were good early. You know, they had all this hype around them, but they have come back to the pack a little bit. Auburn comes to mind as a team that I think has lost, unless they played last night. I think that they've lost three in a row. Uh, so they went from a sure number one seed down to, you know, probably a number two, and who knows where they fall come selection Sunday if they lose any more games. So there, there's teams like that and that people will forget about. And that will all of a sudden make a run because they figure out some things. They they play with a sense of desperation. 
They play with a sense of urgency, knowing that this is it. You know, the question becomes, can Purdue be one of those teams? Because Purdue right now is probably forgotten, although they're going to be ranked in the top 10, top 15. Purdue is going to be one of those teams that people just kind of glance over and will not expect anything from them in March. They may be right. They may be a first-round knockout, or they may they may make a run. But, you know, I think we all know they have the talent to make the run. It's just a matter, I'll go back to what I said earlier, can Purdue help itself instead of beat itself? And if it can help itself in games, then they'll have a chance to stick around. What does uh, the loss potentially mean for the NCAA seeding? Well, the last time, you know, the only time the committee did a, a reveal, you know, Purdue was a solid number two. I would say that Purdue probably has now dropped into the three seed range. Um, and, you know, there's there, there's a debate with you want to be a two, be a three. I mean, there's not a lot of difference there. But let's say you're the last number two seed. Well, more than likely, that would put you in the West region. But if you're the first number three seed, that would put Purdue in Chicago uh, because of the NCAA's uh, principles and procedures that they use as far as assigning teams based on geography. Now, Purdue is also, Purdue could be in danger of not playing in Indianapolis now. If Illinois would move ahead of them on the seed line, the overall seed line, let's say that um, Illinois uh, finishes second in the Big Ten, Illinois gets the championship game of the Big Ten tourney. Um, let's say they're the, the last number two seed but produce a number three seed. You know, as they go down their, their seed order list, you know, they do it, they place teams, again, by geography. So I'm using, I'm using a hypothetical here because I don't know exactly what's going to happen with the seed. But as of today, you know, Gonzaga would be your number one overall seed, and they would go to the closest sub-regional for them, first and second rounds, which I I think one of them might be Portland. I think Portland and San Diego, maybe. But anyway, somewhere out west. But then, I think Arizona's the next one. They would they would probably go to San Diego. And then you start going down the list. Baylor. Um, I think there's one in Fort Worth. Then you got Kansas. I think there's one in Wichita. Then you just keep going down. Then, then you get to the number two seats. Let's say, for example, that um, Illinois is, and I'm just throwing these seed numbers out. Illinois is the number nine overall seed. And Purdue is the number ten overall seed. Okay, that would be three seeds in the in the big picture. So Illinois comes up. The other team, I'll deal with Illinois here first. But let's say Illinois is seeded ninth, and they get to them as far as placing them in their in their regional and then their sub regional. Well, Illinois could take a spot in Indianapolis uh, away from 
I don't want to say take away from Purdue because Purdue's not in that slot yet, but it, it's been uh, it's believed that Purdue would be in Indianapolis as long as they're seated high enough and no one from the Midwest you know, comes out and, and, and jumps over them. Wisconsin, there's a first and second round site in Milwaukee, so they're going to go there. But the two teams right now that would be seated high that would have an opportunity to come to Indianapolis are Kentucky. And Kentucky right now is going to be seated higher than Purdue. And the other one would be Illinois. So if Illinois is seated higher than Purdue, and you can throw out the head-to-head matchup because the committee really doesn't care about that. That's not a that's not a parameter that they look at. It, it sounds weird and borderline, huh? But no, they really don't look at head-to-head matchups. Um, but if Illinois is, is seated higher than Purdue, based on geography, based how they how they've done things, they would be in Indianapolis, and then Purdue would be shipped to the next closest first and second round, which, uh, to be honest, I don't know all of them off the top of my head. Um, now, there, there, there are, the committee has some leeway. Not everything is cut and dry. I think they try to, to follow the, the principles and procedures as closely as possible because they do want to reward teams, uh, higher-seeded teams, getting the opportunity to play at home. Um, So, to me, that's now in play, that Purdue Purdue is not a guaranteed lock to play in Indianapolis. Now, if Purdue beats Indiana Saturday, they get to the championship game of the Big Ten tournament, which would probably require them beating Illinois again, and I know I said head-to-heads don't matter, but if they would do something like that, they would probably get seated ahead of Illinois. Or the committee could send Kentucky somewhere else. You know, if, if, if Indianapolis is, uh, what would Indianapolis be, three hours from Lexington? I don't know the mileage, but roughly three hours. But there's another site that's maybe three and a half hours. They might ship Kentucky to the three-and-a-half-hour site. They could put Purdue and Illinois, for example, in Indianapolis. Uh, so there's a lot of... They, they do have some wiggle room. They do have ways to to make it work. Um, and I know a lot of Purdue fans have bought tickets for Indianapolis. Uh, but this is, this is a situation. Uh, you know, obviously, if Purdue would stumble more... Uh, down the stretch here, then the likelihood of being in Indianapolis would would not be would not be that strong. Now they could be a four seed and still be in Indianapolis, so it, it's still possible that they they get there regardless of the seed. But I think the loss, these last two losses, now bring the possibility of not going to Indianapolis a little bit closer. I, mean, I still think they'll get there, but. Um, again, you've, you've, you've put a doubt in the committee's mind. Um, so just something to think about. And, you know, don't be surprised if it happens. 
I'll be surprised if Purdue doesn't end up in Indianapolis. Um, they, they they could end up in Milwaukee with Wisconsin. Illinois could end up uh, in Milwaukee with Wisconsin, and that that might be the the quote compromise that happens. Maybe Wisconsin and Illinois end up in Milwaukee, and Kentucky and Purdue end up in Indianapolis. Because I, I don't, you know, I, I do believe Champaign is closer to Indianapolis than Champaign is than it is Champaign to Milwaukee. But I don't know if it's that big of a difference. Because you know, Illinois fans would go to Milwaukee to watch their team play. They could, they would do that just like they would go to Indianapolis to watch their team play. Again, I don't know if there's a big a big difference there in the mileage between the two, you know, to make this all work. Because, you know, the one thing, amongst other things, that the NCAA committee wants is they want atmosphere at these games. And having Purdue in Indianapolis creates that atmosphere. Having Illinois in Indianapolis creates that atmosphere. Having Wisconsin in Milwaukee creates that atmosphere. And having Illinois in Milwaukee probably would create that atmosphere as well. But just something to, to keep in mind as we inch closer to Selection Sunday to see how this all uh, plays out. Um, but again, if you take care of your own business, it, it, it always plays out uh, in your favor. And But, you know, Purdue's not taking care of its own business right now. So, anyway, Saturday, final home game for seniors. Sasha Stefanovic, one note on on Sasha, he did suffer a uh, dislocated left pinky. Uh, he was probably he was scheduled to go, undergo X-rays on Wednesday, um, and they're they're going to tell him it's dislocated. Uh, but he he said it would not hamper his ability to play. Uh, he came back into the game. I mean, he got off to such a great start shooting the ball, uh, but. You know, didn't didn't maintain that as Purdue. You know, the ball was more in Jaden Ivey's hands. Uh, Purdue was pumping the ball inside a lot. Um, but anyway, because uh, he had a splint on his pinky after the game, uh, it's his left hand, so it's not his shooting hand. So I would expect him to be in action on Saturday against Indiana. Trevion Williams and Eric Hunter Jr., also seniors, will play their final home game. Uh, in Mackey Arena uh, on Saturday. Uh, 99.9% sure it'll be Jaden Ivey's final home game uh, at Mackey Arena, although he, I don't believe he'll be going through any kind of ceremony. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the other the other big question would be um, Zach Eady. Uh, I think when he came back from the summer, uh you, you know the FIBA World Cup U19Us or U19, however you say it. You know there was a there was a little bit of a consensus that this could be his last year based on how he performed out there. Um, I, I think Zach Eady needs to come back. Um, he's a much better player this year than he was last year. I think he's got a pretty high ceiling that he hasn't reached yet. And when you look at what what's going to Who's going to leave the Big Ten this year with uh, Johnny Davis and Jaden Ivey and Kofi Colburn and Keegan Murray from Iowa 
you know, most likely E.J. Liddell from Ohio State, Trace Jackson Davis. Um, you know, Zach's got a chance to potentially be Big Ten Player of the Year or at least get in that conversation next year if he comes back to Purdue. He's going to play more minutes at Purdue, you know, with Travion gone. That's something he's going to have to learn to do. Um, and I do think another year of uh, of work, you know, with Painter and his staff will will help will help him take another step forward. Uh, but it's all about you know what you know what's there. I mean, you can you can tell players and parents all you know you want. You know that the NBA is not a seven foot league anymore. But, you know, when you dangle dollars and all that kind of stuff, it's, you know, it's hard. Uh, it's hard to say no to that, that all that. And um, But I, I, I think he could really take a bigger step next year. And I think he would be in the conversation for Big Ten Player of the Year if he came back. When you, when you look at what Purdue will have back as well and what they have coming in, um, you know, I, I think uh, he could be poised for one of those. He's a, he's a completely different player than Kobe Coburn in my mind, but he could he could put together those kind of numbers on a consistent basis um, if he comes back and he continues to work the way that he has and he he takes to the coaching and the teaching that he he, he does on a daily basis. I think that that could be ahead of him going into next year. But we got this year to finish before we, we move ahead. And then we got a game Saturday. Or Purdue has a game. I don't play. Last time I checked. I was I was saying we in the uh, in the in the in the sense of uh, I have a game to cover on Saturday. Um, so I apologize for my poor choice of words there. But um, one more regular season game, then the Big Ten tournament, and then the NCAA tournament, and we'll see where things stack up after that. Uh, I'll be back after Saturday to recap what went on and look ahead to the Big Ten tournament, uh, where Purdue will be seated. Uh, this guy wants to get around me. Uh, where Purdue is seated, when it will play. Uh, Purdue's, uh, Purdue will be the probably the two or three seed. That means they'll play Friday night. In the quarterfinals, uh, I think the first game is at 6:30 Eastern Time, and then the the three seed game would be at around nine o'clock. Great, another nine o'clock game. Getting tired of these, and I'm sure you are too, because you got to stay up late to watch these things. Um, anyway, we'll be back Saturday to to recap what went on, and again look ahead to to what's coming up. Thanks for uh, stopping by and have a good day.